Hello, and welcome to Aluminium On Air, a podcast brought to you from Aluminium International Today, the leading B2B magazine for the global aluminium manufacturing and processing industry. I'm Nadine Bloxham, the editor and content director for both the magazine and the Future Aluminium Forum. Across this series of podcasts, I'll be speaking to industry experts and well-known faces about the latest technical developments, new projects, investments and general goings-on. In the first podcast, I spoke to Tom Jones, CEO and President of the UK Aluminium Federation, about how the association is assisting members during these challenging times. This week, it is the turn of European aluminium, which promotes the use of aluminium as a material with permanent properties that is part of the solution to achieving sustainable goals while maintaining and improving the image of the industry, of the material and of its applications among their stakeholders. I'd like to welcome Kelly Hrogis, who is the European Aluminium Communications Manager and also a familiar and very friendly face at a number of industry events. Uh, Kelly, welcome to the Aluminium On Air podcast. Hi Nadine, good morning. Thank you so much uh, for having me here. No, I think it's you. a great initiative. Fantastic, thank you very much for, for your time. And I'm not sure if you heard the last podcast just yet, but my, uh, my last guest was Mr. Tom Jones of uh, the Al- Alfred, the Aluminium Federation in the UK here. And mm-hmm. uh, he left us with a question for my next guest, which is obviously you. So I thought I'd just open with that question because it's quite, All right. it's quite fitting. And uh, it's, it's just obviously how, how are you getting on during these difficult times? Yeah, well, um, thanks for asking, Tom. <laughs> I'm getting on quite well, I think, all things considering. Finally, getting used to, to working from home. Of course, it has its challenges, but I think on the technology side, we've um, worked things out, and uh, I'm in good health. All my loved ones are as well. So, um, yeah, keeping sane. <laughs> good. That's the most important thing. And, and as we kind of had a, a quick chat off, off air, but it's just nice to be able to know that you can still keep in touch with colleagues and it's just keeping up to date with everybody and uh, making sure everyone's safe really. Yeah exactly and uh, as I mentioned to you last week we had a virtual afterward drinks with uh, with camera on and everything which was uh, very nice to to see the contest again. Oh that's yeah that's a great idea that might have to become a, a Friday afternoon weekly occurrence. Yes yes that'd be nice. Oh, brilliant. So now you, you started at European Aluminium, I believe, is it 2017? Yes, that's right. Oh, but it, in a good way. It feels, it feels like I've known you longer. But uh, <laughs> what, um, yes. what have your highlights been then so far, would you say? Okay, that's a, that's a very tough question <laughs> because honestly, <laughs> there's been uh, many highlights in the past three years. Um, I would say, though, what really strikes me looking back at the past years is just how much uh, European Aluminium has managed to to raise the profile of our industry together with our members uh, in the Brussels uh, bubble. Because, as you know, we're uh, we're doing a lot of advocacy with the EU policy makers in Brussels, and I've noticed that. Uh, more and more media reaching out to us. Policymakers have a higher awareness of our industry. I mean, this year alone, we've set up so many meetings with commission officials at the highest level, with MEPs. And as a communications professional, this is 
really what, what keeps me motivated. Of course. And, and I would also say that um, attending my first aluminium conference, uh, so I'm talking about the, the biannual major aluminium fair in Dusseldorf, yeah. it was really a great experience, a highlight for me, um, because um, it was so impressive to see with my own eyes the latest innovation from our members at the booths, to hear about the latest trends, and to just take in the sheer scale of the um, the the different aspects of the aluminium industry was really impressive. So I hope this year's edition, which is scheduled for October, will will go ahead. Fingers crossed. Yes, yes, I agree. It's it's always an amazing event. It's kind of it's unlike anything I've ever really experienced mm. before, um, and it's always a good place to have everybody you've got everybody in one place you've got everybody there together and there's so much going on the whole time yeah. you, you have to make sure you plan your days otherwise you you yeah, end up exactly realizing you've got one meeting in in hall six and then your other meeting 10 minutes later is in hall 11 and then you have to run yeah <laughs> yeah no it's absolutely huge and yeah. um, well being based in brussels sometimes i'm, I'm not um, quite as much in touch with what's happening um like it's different to to read about the innovations to read about the products to see youtube clips uh, you know that some yeah. of our members produce and actually seeing the um the objects in real life which i think uh yeah, yeah. helps me in my job as well so um it was a big highlight yeah definitely we'll keep everything crossed and i'm sure yeah. by, by the time it comes around this year we'll We'll hopefully back, be back to as normal as we can. But um, yes, yes, hopefully. But so you mentioned that obviously the uh, you know, European aluminium is getting a lot more traction and attention yeah. now as well. Do you do you think a point a, a reason for that is because of the amazing kind of initiatives you have that are surrounded well surround uh, sustainability and look at the you know the issues with regards to promoting a more carbon neutral aluminium industry and mm -hmm. obviously it's such such a big part of manufacturing these days and, and European yeah. aluminium really work to promote how how good a material aluminium is in that sense. Mm. Well I think it's definitely a part of that uh, to be honest because um, as you probably know uh, for the new European uh, Commission and, and Parliament um, the, the green deal that they launched and um, so the the objective to be the first carbon neutral continent in the world is really a top priority and i think the european aluminium industry is already taking sustainability very serious for many years yeah. and i think they're they're starting to realize just how much um, of a strategic resource aluminium can be um, to europe's ambitious decarbonization goals and we have indeed uh, put forward several initiatives, uh, beginning with our sustainability roadmap. And last year we launched the Vision 2050, which kind of looks at decarbonization um, scenarios until 2050. Yeah. And um, then next week, actually, this is uh, some breaking news. Oh. Um, we will launch um, a new kind of um, strategy. Um, it, focusing more on recycling. And um, this, this new report will show um, scenarios uh, on how we can decarbonize the industry even further by increasing recycling. And um, 
It will include many policy recommendations for helping the aluminium industry achieve full circularity. Oh, so I think definitely the, the sustainability um, aspect has, has put the aluminium industry on the map and I think we're performing better than, than some of our key uh, competitors in this area. Yes, yes, I agree. And I, I think when they're obviously reading through and looking at the, the long-term vision 2050 plan, which is, it's just great to see that we've, you know, we've got so much already thought out and, and we're aiming towards that. But the, one mm. of the, um, one of the facts that really stood out to me was the fact that almost half of the aluminium demand can be met with recycled aluminium by 2050, which I think is huge. Yes, it's huge. Of course, that will depend also on the goodwill of, of policymakers. So that's, that's when we have the right um, policy conditions in place, we can indeed, uh, we think we can meet 50% of the demand, which will, of course, um, greatly reduce our uh, dependency on imports from other regions, yeah. um, which have a, a much higher carbon footprint in many cases. Excellent. And so, so we have a we have a small exclusive there then that you've mentioned we should be looking out for something <laughs> next week. I'll keep an eye yes. out. <laughs> yes, uh, it will lo be launching next Tuesday, so after Easter Monday. Brilliant. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> I'll make a note of that. And then um, speaking of uh, initiatives in the, obviously the reports, I know you also recently mm. announced the digital activity report. Yes. Um, so I just wanted to kind of bring that in and say, if, uh, see if you could give an idea of what that is for those who might mm -hmm. not necessarily know. Yeah, uh, so our digital activity report is basically our association's annual report in digital format. And it highlights our achievements of the previous year of 2019 and our priorities for 2020. And users wow. can visit our, our website um, and embark on this kind of interactive digital journey to discover our horizontal activity, um, sorry, our horizontal advocacy activities on, for example, innovation and sustainability, and also our policy work on um, all of aluminium strategic applications, so packaging, mobility, building and construction, as well as our activities on recycling and standards. And the activity report also includes um, all the latest market statistics and market forecast so uh, yeah do check that out oh brilliant okay yeah that's a, it sounds great and obviously having it in a digital format is just really accessible for everybody and and hopefully means a lot more people can be engaged and, and see exactly mm. what's gone on over the last year yeah i hope so i think it reflects also again our industry's uh, commitment to to sustainability and uh, as you mentioned we can reach a, a wider audience beyond our membership and the usual suspects Definitely. So yeah, we've, we've uh, introduced the digital activity report first uh, three years ago, about the time I joined. Okay. And, um, yeah. And you mentioned the, the members there, obviously. How, what other ways are you engaging with members? Or mm -hmm. especially, I suppose, during this time, is there a lot more engagement and, and keeping everybody in conversation together and making sure everybody is, is okay? Yeah, well, in general, um, engaging with members is, is, is vital to us because our members bring the expertise and industry insights that inform all our advocacy work towards the, the EU institutions, uh, standardization bodies and other stakeholders. 
So it's important for us to engage with them as much as possible um, through several channels. Um, so our members, for example, participate in horizontal committees, specific working groups and market groups throughout the years. Uh, throughout the year and twice per year we also uh, convene with the entire membership during our spring and autumn meetings um, this year our spring meetings took place in virtual format uh, but that still worked very well and um, yeah during this this COVID-19 um, crisis we do check in with them uh, more regularly of course and we work strongly together with the national associations who inform us about the, the latest developments, the, the government restrictions, um, plant closures, etc. So we do have a really good overview of um, how this, this uh, crisis is impacting our membership. And we are also in close contact with the European Commission um, to kind of relay back that information to them. That's really good to know. And um, obviously these sort of in these challenging times do you do you see some positive steps coming from you mm. know on the other side of this hopefully and i know a lot of conversation has been talking about the difficulties and, and how we're, we're getting on over the next few months but what kind mm. of pos positive steps do you see the european aluminium industry taking once we're hopefully through the other side yeah well i think this this crisis is really highlighting um how important it is to keep the entire aluminium value chain in europe rather than depending on, on imports from other regions, um, because aluminium is used in so many um, vital applications, it's particularly now in this crisis, you see you know, aluminium is used in food and beverage packaging, it's used for medical equipment, pharmaceuticals packaging. So it's really important to keep the entire value chain in Europe. And I think policymakers will be really receptive uh, to this message. Um, after the crisis is over. So I see really increased opportunities for our industry to work together with policymakers um, to, to create the right conditions to help our industry thrive in Europe and, and to realize its full potential for decarbonization and recycling. Yeah, that's a really great point. And it has been really good to see um, aluminium being shown in all its glory really as an essential mm. material yeah. for you know to help in the in the fight against uh, against covid-19 i know a lot more aluminium manufacturers have been working with suppliers to turn the aluminium into things like oxygen bottles and yes yes indeed medication yeah. so yeah. yeah it's it's really highlighted the importance i think you're right to to show exactly how important it is to be um, mm. circular in europe as well yeah yeah indeed Oh, well, thank you so much. I think um, what we'll try and do again is to finish on a question. I know you won't know who I will be speaking to next. And I, to be fair, I don't know who I'll be speaking to next. <laughs> but do you have a, a question you'd like to pass on to our, our next podcast guest? Uh, yes. Uh, what do you like most about working in the aluminium industry? Oh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> that will hopefully, well, yeah, I'll aim that at the next guest and, um, and hopefully put them on the spot as well. <laughs> okay great but thank you so much for, uh, for your time kelly it's been fantastic to speak with you as always and um i wish wish you well thank you nadine i wish you well too and to all the listeners of course and i'm looking forward to to listening to the next podcasts thank you for uh, for organizing this
no problem at all thank you we'll catch up again at an industry event hopefully we can we can mark in our diaries uh, Düsseldorf and, and we'll be there yes that'd be great I hope so <laughs> thanks very much Kelly thank you bye-bye I hope you have enjoyed the second in this series of the Aluminium On Air podcast. If you'd like to know more about any of the topics discussed with regards to European Aluminium and the Digital Activity Report, or would like to keep up to date with all the latest news and information from across the sector, then please visit www.aluminiumtoday.com.